Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Oh, we are live. Good evening, everyone. Thank you guys for joining. In order to build your businesses, build yourselves, learn more about real estate, we are here for you. Mm. Thanks for joining, guys. This is, that's that's what we say every every morning, right? Oh, we've right? always said that. We've always said that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Cash Geeks Network. I'm Dom. And I'm G. And this is the, the Cash, Cash Geeks, Geeks Network. Network. And we have a very, very interesting guest on for you guys. Someone unique in in his uh, in his own separate professions. Um, it's going to be super interesting talking to this guy and picking his brain and figuring out and realizing the opportunities that are out there. Like if you think outside the box, this guy is a great example of outside and doing the box. It. Doing and just it taking right action yeah. and doing yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah. So put put Tino on in. Guys, we have Tino Hernandez with us. Tino, how you doing, bro? Great, man. Uh, I'm excited to be on here. Uh, I appreciate you guys for having me, and uh, I'm excited. Let's do it. Oh, dude, dude. Cheers, bro. We're super Cheers. pumped. Cheers. Cheers. Wait, what do you have in your... Corona. Glenn, yeah. uh, Glenn Fittich, 12. Oh, okay. Okay. Man, we should have we should have came with the fire. We I should have brought the blue. We didn't have any idea of the blue. Ooh, a little Johnny Walker action. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Tino, man, how's your day going so far? Uh, it's going great. It's going great. Um, man, meetings, 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 and uh, you know, development meetings and all in meetings and all types of stuff, man. It's going good. The good thing is uh, we're always progressing. So you know, like That's we were saying awesome. earlier, you, you you can't complain. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, this is kind of the life we choose, right? It's kind of something we make, we create our own heaven and hell. And, uh, I'd love to think, and I'm fully committed to, to acknowledging that I'm, I'm living in my own heaven right now every day. Dude, yeah. It's super interesting talking about meetings because I feel like from my experience and I, I don't have the experience on the level that you guys are having experiences at, but the bigger you get and the more income that you make and the more people that you hire the more meetings you attend, right? And the more you, you're not working inside of the individual deals, the more you're working on the operation by like, you know, meetings. shooting ideas directing against each it's other. All, it's, all, it's all being creative and directing at that point. You know, more people you have under you, it's more more pieces of the puzzle. So you're getting to, to kind of spin the cogwheels. But yeah, meetings are essential, especially when they're productive meetings that have outlines and expectations and actual executionary orders at the end of the meeting. So you're just not mm. like bouncing ideas, but there's like, okay, let's summarize it at the end. And what are we going to do? And this is the timeline. And this is your task, your task, your task, my task. And then we just move out, you know? Right. Yeah. Real quick on that note, there's some people like high level achievers that mm -hmm. don't like meetings. They're like, if you can just put it in an email, put it in an email, let's answer and let's move on with their lives. But then you have other individuals that feel like executive level individuals need to be in meetings all day. Like you need I, to be in meetings solving problems. So you know what, on that? So, so my opinion on it is it, it depends, like it, everything's compartmentalized, right? So like some meetings are necessary for me to be in. Some meetings are delegated to other people that have the power to make that executive decision. Like my, my number two guy's name is Eugene. Um, that guy is a genius. He's out of, uh, out of uh, Germany, excuse me. And I know that if for some reason I can't make a meeting that he is a direct reflection of me as well as I'm a direct reflection as him. And, it, you know, you can kind of delegate it, but at some meetings, 
you have to be part of because you know you might be able to make that split decision to set uh you know split second decision where it's like okay um the, you, there's pros and cons and they can go both ways and it, there's a certain situation where you have to make that decision you know the executive level decision but being in meetings all day nobody likes being in meetings that's not sexy let's be honest right but you know uh sometimes you gotta are we allowed to cuss on this show by the way i'm not sure Fuck yeah all right, let's fucking it. Yeah. <laughs> all right cool i mean we are drinking scotch and coronas but um yeah so like there's some meetings that you you know you have scotch to be coronas able to fucking... stripper poles but no cussing <laughs> you got to be able to swing the dick around in some of these high level <laughs> meetings and then in some of the other high level meetings you don't need to because they're kind of yeah. internal so a lot of our meetings uh in in you know consist of a lot of external with third parties and even fourth party uh involved where we kind of have to you know figure out and come to some sort of agreement uh, between both parties and those meetings I have to attend, uh, unfortunately, 90% of the time. Gotcha. Wow. So when we met you, man, you were mm -hmm. um, in acquisitions yep. Yep. for um, what's the company name? National again? Cash all Offer. All in. National, National Cash Offer. Cash, yeah. National Cash. Well, yeah, obviously all in. Mm -hmm. but yeah, National <laughs> Cash Offer. That, that's what it was back then. Right. Um, so you basically evolved well, how long ago was back then dude that was uh what was that almost, like, that three, almost three years ago yeah it was it was 2019 it was uh i think it was june or may of 2019 it was in uh at westgate at the what is that the renaissance we had it we had a momentum that's where i met uh i don't remember but i don't remember I don't exactly what it was there. But yeah, it was it was twenty. It was the beginning of twenty nineteen. It was because I was still, uh, I was oh, still married no, at the time. No, dude, we went to one that we went to the one the year end prior and the one in the beginning of the following year, I believe. Yes. Is that right? Okay. So, oh, so the yeah, one yeah. in twenty. Yep. The one in twenty eighteen. You guys went to. I wasn't even there. I started January fifteenth uh, of twenty nineteen. It was February of 20, 2019. Right, because so that's, the one that's when I mentioned yeah. the yeah, first yeah. one I had. Just, I had I had just been there like a month and some change and I had like 30 deals or something like that. Yeah, I remember it was like some crazy ass shit. Yeah, I did 33 deals in like five weeks or something like that. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, the one we went to, the end of like the first one we went to was good, but then the next one we went to was fire. I don't know if that oh, had anything man. to do with you. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't take credit. We have, we have a great team. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, but I, I think a lot of that is a great, um, a great example of just persistence and pushing forward and recruiting and just 100% kind of collaborating with like minded people and just always persisting forward. Would you agree with it, that? 100%. You know, Dan Pena says one thing. Um, I, the guy's fucking he's out there, right? He says he's killed a bear with his De uh, you know, with his with bare his hands dick. and all this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, on, dick. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna well, post that right now. <laughs> yeah. oh, one, one thing I will say that I, I did take away from him is like he says one thing. He's like, "You want to know why you're all fucked up? Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future." Oh, right. yeah, and yeah. that yeah. thing has really stuck with me because I, I I'll say this: when I was in the car business, it was really cutthroat, and uh, you know, in finance and stuff like that for Berkshire Hathaway super cutthroat like everyone wants to fucking piss down your leg they want to mm. crap you out 24 7 you know woe is me that should have been my money blah 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 and i come into this this uh 
atmosphere and uh everyone's like rooting for you like i, I right. it's hard it's it's hard to hate on somebody who's trying their best and trying to be successful you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and th- and that's what i've 100%. encountered nothing but like support from this community uh in anything that i've ventured out to do uh what and well you know it's it's kind of refreshing and it's different it's you're in sales but it's not the normal so even though it's it's got all the great shit from the sales environments but none of the negative stuff. So that's the cool part. Mm. About it. So what do you think made you get 33 contracts in five weeks? Honestly, I, I here's, here's one thing. You were brand new to wholesaling, right? I've never, yep. I never had any formal training, anything like that. I just picked up the phone and started smiling and dialing. You know, um, I, for me, I had a lot of high level sales experience, you know, when I was car business, I was making, you know, 20 plus grand a month, um, which you know, it's all relative, right? But uh, it, it was fairly easy for me. And I was working, you know, 11 hours a day, which kind of sucks six days a week. But um, I had that tenacity of like, hey, dude, I'm going to go in here. And this guy drives a fucking Lambo and a Prius. And the other guy drives a fucking Rolls Royce and a Prius. And you know what, I want to have a nice car. Uh, eventually and i want to move up and i know that i'm not going to be just a low-level foot soldier forever there's absolutely let me let me rephrase this there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a salesperson because we are all salespeople. but you know there's levels of sales you know some people right. sell cell phones and some people buy houses so uh you know i i just made it a point to say hey i'm gonna come in here and uh, <laughs> not to size everybody up but i did look up everybody and i was like yeah you know what um i'm just gonna come in here and i'm not gonna look left and right I'm just going to fucking pound the phones and do what I, I do best, which is uh, high level sales and close my ass off. So I, I drank the extra co- the extra shots in the coffee <clears throat> because I'm a closer and I went to work and, and you know what I mean? I was just 24 seven. I wouldn't go to lunch until I got a deal. I'm like, hey, you know, I got a, I bought myself a stand up desk. I started the stand up desk movement movement in our office and I uh, went on offer up, bought a couple of those things and. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to fucking lunch. I don't deserve to eat lunch until I get a contract. And then it was like, boom, I got one. And then I just keep, I just keep going, boom, boom, boom. You know, I had gone before I got into their business. You know, I had, um, I had got out of the car business, and it had been a while since I got like a formal paycheck because I was, you know, living off of my uh, savings and my Roth IRA and like, um, you know, crypto investments and stuff like that. So it, it was, it was cool to get a, a paycheck. So I, you know, I just wanted to go in there and prove because I told the guys, like when I first went to them, uh, I remember Sal telling me, um, you know, I, we can't really afford a guy like you right now. You know, we're still growing and I, I just don't think we're there yet. And I said, Hey dude, like I'll take, I'll take, you know, a step back to take two steps forward eventually. So, right. you know, I stuck with it. And after that, um, it, it, it's crazy. After that event, um, I ended go- up going through a kind of surprise divorce. And so I took mm-hmm. uh, some time off after that. And uh, I took about a month and a half off. And then I came back and I told the guys, hey, look, um, I don't know if this is for me anymore. I appreciate you guys. And they're like, no, um, how about this? You lead a team and Adrian leads a team. So we did like a, a, an NBA draft where he picked one person, I picked one person. We went down the line like that, and uh, my team did extremely well. I just did all the shit I did as a manager in the car business. You know, every two hours, we're having uh, KPI huddles where I go over everyone's calls, and I, hey, okay, you got 15, you got blah, blah, blah. Hey, what the fuck you been doing the last two hours? 
Like, you know what I mean? Those type of calls, mm -hmm. uh, letting the farts out of the blankets. And we did pretty good. And uh, after that, I was like, hey, man, this is boring. <laughs> this is boring. So they're like, hey, we need a guy like you in our uh, software companies. So I started doing that. And then I got Grant Cardone. I was able to sign that contract and negotiate that and close that for him to come to our podcast. And that's when I went to the education only side. They're like, hey, we just want you to focus on this. And that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of where it went from there. I believe it or not, I only did acquisitions for a month and a half, like five, six weeks max. Jeez, that's, that's awesome. Crazy. What do you think? Like so I had 33 contracts and out. Where... <laughs> yeah. Well, 33 agreements in five weeks is amazing. Is there anything else? I like that. That in itself is, um, is, you know, it speaks volumes, right? But is there anything else that you feel like the guys saw in you that made them know without a shadow of a doubt that you need to grow with the team? You know what? I think it was, we had a, I mean, and don't get me wrong. It's, it hasn't always been rainbows and butterflies. Like, I, you know, the guys would admit it too. We've had some pretty tough conversations, right? But at the end of the day, I realized that, you know, I love these guys and they love me back as a brother. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> ride or die, like shit. It's, it's, it's ride or die for us. A um, lot of hard conversations, but we realized that together, you know, together we can do so much more rowing in a boat together than if we went a separate ways. Because let's be honest, dude, I, I'm competent enough and I have the funding and the, you know, and the knowledge to go ahead and do the shit on my own. Right. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we could go so much further together. And that that's one thing that I, I know, like they stress is loyalty is royalty and it's paid off. You know, I'm doing way better. Um, we've even gone into a full blown, equal partnerships in different ventures together so it's it's the fruits are coming you know what i mean it's it's great and we're constantly pushing each other that's a good thing it's like it's it's hard to be self-motivated i don't care what everyone tells you like oh i don't want partners i want to be by myself dude how hard is it to go to the gym by your fucking self let's say you, you went to a gym you were the only person left on the planet and there was a gym how hard pressed would you be to go on your own accord? Like it's pretty hard to, to motivate yourself unless it's like a, a habit, right? But 100%. if you have a partner and you know, he's calling you in the morning like, hey dude, come on bro, let's go, where are you at? Uh, I don't really, come on, quit being a bitch, let's go. You're gonna get up. So that's kind of the relationship we all have together, believe it or not. It's a it's a tight, tight like brothers basically. And, and, and I know that I could go so much further in different endeavors together than if I was alone and vice versa. So it, it always works out, you know, that the numbers is the easy part, man. That's the money part is the easy part. That's the easy part. The people's the hardest part, man. And, you know, unfortunately you got to kiss a couple frogs where you hit a prince. So here I am, I'm mm. still here. <laughs> wait, wait, so which one are you? I'm the prince, obviously. Oh, okay. So that, um, I mean, you hit a lot of major, major points there that a lot of people. I talk a lot. Right? I'm sorry, man. Well, no, I think the, the key <laughs> thing that you're that you're hitting on is a lot of people are tripping over dollars to save nickels, right? Yeah, you're not looking look at the, it's it's and it's very it was very tough for us to see that um, for a long time, like to to figure out that you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot bigger things that lie there in the future: partnerships, evolutions, things like that. So. Um, and then G says it a lot, like we were really big on systemizing the business, right? Yeah. 
mm-hmm. trying to McDonald's the business so that we can stick anybody in any seat and they can follow an SOP and they can do yeah. any role in here. And it's really not, especially in real estate, dude. It sounds great on paper. You know, you know <laughs> probably better than anyone. It's really not like that because right. what we're trying to do here is we're trying to convert an art into a science. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of systemic parts that you can put in place but like when it comes, especially in acquisition sales, like yeah. you have to be an artist. You have to know people. You have to know how to just sell and close. One and, billion percent. And it's very hard to replicate that with just anybody. We've had people that close deals, but in our opinion, they're really not closers, right? Yeah. And what that means is you'll have X amount of leads. How many more of those leads could you have monetized had the mm-hmm. right person been in that seat? Exactly. And, and, you know, a lot of that took experience over the years and trial and error and learning from guys like you in the all in family and then truly taking a step back and saying, wow, we have people closing deals. Do we really have closers? We have these goals. What is it going to take to get to the next step and accomplish these goals? And it really helped a lot. Like you guys have truly opened our eyes to putting the right people in the right seats in our operation. So my hat goes off to you guys for that. Thank you so much, man. We, we, we love you guys. Obviously, you know that, but you know, the hardest part is a lot of people in this, in, in this arena, you know, they just think I'm going to get the best leads. I'm going to spend all this money on marketing. I'm going to do all this stuff. You know, sure. Anyone can trip on their dick and make a few deals a month. Right. But you're right. It's how <laughs> many leads are you getting? It's like my right. number. My number was eight. I got eight leads in my bucket. I was closing a fucking deal. That's the most I could personally handle a day. And some people are like, that's crazy. I give my guys 25 leads a day each. I don't need that. I don't need that because I have a three, two, one process. I'm calling people nine times. I'm contacting them nine, calling them nine times, shooting them two text messages, leaving them two voicemails in one day. You know what I mean? So like, I kind of know that. and, And I know my KPI. So like the, the problem was the people. That's the hardest part. I mean, you can systemize and have SOPs all you want, but you know, sometimes you got to change the people, or you got to change the people, and that's that's right. where the hardest part is, man. Uh, you know, <clears throat> and like uh, I know at, when I first came in, I started swinging, I started closing a shitload of deals. I was only calling their follow-up. I wasn't even getting new leads at first until they came in. They're like, "Holy shit, you just made three contracts in one day." They're like, oh, let's put a lot of round robin, heavy round robin on him. And I'm like, dude, I, this is too many for me. Like, it's too much. You know, right, right. sometimes more doesn't equal more, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so it, it's all that. It's, it's at the end of the day, you, you got to pay to play. And if you get a good player who's on your team, who you know, like longevity wise is going to be there, is going to be able to grow and bring stuff to the table, strategizing with you, get, constantly helping you evolve, you know, then that's, that's priceless because Let's be honest, man. We can get any monkey to hop on a phone call and fucking try and go through the script and all that good stuff. But it takes a real person with with uh, life experience, with real life training and, uh, you know, who's has the tenacity to say, hey, I'm going to make this happen every fucking time. Every time you get on that phone, it's the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It's not right. it's not spring training. It's not hell week. It's the fucking Super Bowl. Every time I pick up that phone, every time Mr. Johnson answers, it's smile. I'm walking. I'm talking. I'm doing all this. So that's the hardest part. You're right. It's it's kind of the, the, the thing that a lot of guys fell at. You know, they'll hire because it's cheaper to pay somebody, you know, fifteen hundred dollar base and and then hope. But all the the 
the cost of opportunity that you're missing out on is going to cost right. you way more than if you gave somebody a $3,000, you know, <coughs> salary or, or draw, you know what I mean? So that, that's kind of where, where a lot of people get confused. Like me personally, I don't want to draw, I don't want a salary, just, you know, give me a nice hefty, healthy <laughs> commission and let's, let's roll. You know what I mean? I'll make it happen. Nice. Right. Nice. That's awesome, man. So I, I want to selfishly ask because you, you sure. hit something, right? And, you know, the reason why we do these shows are to provide value to our, to our viewers, but for us to also learn a little something, right? Sure. Um, so you mentioned once you started uh, leading a team, mm -hmm. you did something that you would do in the car industry, and that's check in the team every two hours. Yeah, so this is something I've never even talked about because it's uh, – it's kind of, it's like a secret. I told somebody like my, my tactic that I did for my follow-up, my three, two, one, and then it ended up in someone's course. I ended up here, but I'm going to talk about this. This is hands down. It doesn't matter if you're in real estate sales, car sales, and you're in any type of prospecting sales. This is hands down the best way to manage. You can call it micromanaging, but pressure makes what? Makes diamonds. And this is the best of the best. So what I would do is, every two hours i would have uh you know the admin girls print out a list uh, of the metrics the kpis of how many calls everyone made how many contacts how many follow-ups how many you know uh offers like everything and on the glass wall i would walk up to the glass i'd get the marker and i'd put put everyone's name every morning boom and it would be it would say um 11 uh, 11:30, 1:30. And then it said 3.30 and then it was like EOD, end of day, right? So two hours after we start, like we'd have a, a little a morning kickoff meeting where I'd go over, give me your top five prospects. Where are you at on those deals? What are, what are the, uh, you know, the objections you're facing? Do you need me to take a TO, a turnover? Do I need to call like on a three-way? Like how can we, how can we wrap, push this forward? You know what I mean? And then once we did those top five, <clears throat> we'd go into a strategy of like, hey, this is where we should be by this. This is our month, and I would have um, I would have a monthly meetup with them. Even though it was only one month, I had like an outline of what their goal should be individually, with a breakdown on on a, a a monthly calendar, day by day. By this day, you should have this many contracts, this many offers, this many calls, this many blah blah blah. By this day, you should have this much da 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 da. And then you adjust fire. Like let's say week one they're falling behind. Well, guess what? You need to fucking pick it up on this second week because that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna make adjustments. A lot of people wait to the end of the month and they're like, oh, we had a bad month. Well, why did you have a bad month? Uh, well, I probably could have made some more calls. Well, dude, it's too late to let the farts out of the blanket there. If you do it daily and you're tracking it daily, then you know like, oh, fuck, dude. But this is the life of a hardcore, hard piping salesperson. You know what I mean? This is, this is the life of somebody who's not going to be average, not going to be your normal you know, salesperson. <laughs> five figure a month plus salesperson. This is how they do it. So I would do that. And every two hours I'd say, Hey, um, Jesus, you have 15 calls for the last two hours. Okay. And it looks like you contacted this person. How was that conversation? Okay, cool. Blah, blah, blah. Let's move forward. Then the next person, Joanna, you only have 25 calls. All right. That's good. That's good. 25 calls. This, this, this. All right, let's go. Boom, boom, boom. This guy. Okay. John, what's going on here, man. You have, you have four calls. In two hours, that's a call every 30 minutes. Like it, you have zero contacts, four calls. What, what's going on? 
Oh, I went to go have lunch. Why are you having, like, why? What's going on? So you, you came to work to spend money. Okay. See, see then, then, you know, people in our generation are more, you know, they don't care so much. It's hard to find the younger crowd that's, that cares about monetary compensation more than they care about the family feel, the, the peer acceptance. The, yeah, that's, uh, they feel like they're part of something. So what's worse than me docking that guy's pay is him being kind of embarrassed by his peers in, in, his, in front of his peers. So I would say, hey, dude, like, what the fuck's going on, man? Like, is your phone broken? Like, do you need help paying your phone bill? Did it get cut off? Like, what's happening? And, you know, oh, shit, my bad, man. I'll pick it up. Yeah, you need to pick it up, dude. You need to have this many calls by this time. We need to get this going. So <clears throat> by that time, it would be, you know, I can get to the next person. The next person's going to be like, hey, dude, I have two people that are interested. This guy, I'm, I have the call back at 3 p.m. And then right on the board, 3 p.m., we're going to call this person back, me and you. And then this guy, I need you, we need to call him right now. We need to call him right now. So we stop everything we're doing and we call that person live on speakerphone in front of everyone. And we get to, you know, we get to the baby. No labor pains, just get to the baby. And that's, that's ultimately by doing that bi-hourly checkup uh, and accountability huddle, that's how you keep people on their toes and it becomes the normal. Then when people are having sidebar conversations or hanging out, you know, people are like looking at the clock and it's like, oh shit, man. And fucking, <clears throat> I got 45 minutes before Tino shows up with that, with that, uh, you know, dry erase marker on this board. So I better get to it and they'll get to it. And, and it's not ruling by fear because guess what? You're going to hate me for a little bit because I'm black and white. And sometimes I dance in the gray, but at the end of the month, when we cut that check, you're going to be excited and you're going to love me. And that, and that's, that ultimately is a tip that I hope everyone who has a team in here that's watching follows this because it doesn't matter what type of sales you're in. Uh-oh, refill time. doesn't matter what type of sales you're in. <laughs> this will benefit every industry for sure, hands down. I talk too much, man. I talk so much. I'm sorry. Oh, dude, I love that, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and so you mentioned that in, in the morning meetings you would do, give me your top five prospects and see mm -hmm. if you had to take over any – any calls or anybody that they couldn't close. Right. So like there's, you know, you have a couple people that you've been working on, Jan M, you have Maple Drive, you got, you remember these, <coughs> these right. people that you kind of been in contact with, because this is a relationships game. Let's, let's 100%. be honest, right? It's a relationship game. So, yeah. you know, you're building rapport over the course of three days or whatever, two days. And you're like, man, I just, I'm catching the husband and wife together. Like they're just, they're right there. They're right there. Sometimes it just takes somebody saying the same exact shit that they said. It just makes them feel warm and fuzzy inside. It edifies it. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, you, you guys are right. Or just twisting a word track to make it feel like it's their idea. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's their decision. And a lot of a lot of salespeople, you know, they they end up getting friend zoned. So if I get on one of those calls and I realize that it's a friend zone type of thing, then hey, I'm the bad guy right away. It's like, hey, dude, are we are we? Are we fucking or not? You know what I mean? If not, like, hey, I got another date lined up. We got to go. And then that's how we kind of move on. And then, I'm, then I talk to that salesperson. I'm like, how, what's your process? What's something's going, something's off in your process if this is happening. So you're constantly by being involved in, in this 24 um, seven, <clears throat> not necessarily micromanaging, but keeping the accountability factor there of like, hey, Tino's here and he's going to help me. If I need it, or if I even if I don't need it, if he feels that I, that something's wrong, he's going to step in. Then that kind of helps all the boats rise. You know what I mean? 
Right, right, right. No, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, so, dude, that's that's what I needed right there, bro. That's what I oh, needed. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, That's good. That's good. Um, well, I mean, I think a lot of these interviews are check-ins, right? They're right. like gut checks on our business, right? Correct. Because the business is performing well, everyone's doing good, and then before you know it, boom, there's an opportunity to get better, right? Yeah. Hourly check-ins, yeah. bi-hourly check-ins, you don't think about that. Like we have <clears throat> we have morning meetings, right? There's morning sales trainings, mm-hmm. and then we do those gut checks in the morning, but we didn't yeah. think about the bi-hourly check-ins, right? Yeah. And I think that just is another level of accountability. It and, is. It's, it, and some people call it overkill, though. You know what I mean? And it, it just depends on, on your people and how conditioned they are. And maybe mm-hmm. you can start like with a morning, mid and end of day and then kind of wean them into that. Because like for me, it was a culture shock. Like I was like, oh, one of the guys, one of the, the guys, I told him, hey, bro, you don't like it. Get the fuck out. And guess what? He left. Right. Oh, OK. 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 I don't want that to happen. Yeah, you don't you don't want that. <laughs> you to I get the fuck out and they actually do leave. I'm like, no, come back, bro. <laughs> no, you, no, but see, that's the thing, man. Like, OK, so. It, I, I've managed so many salespeople. I'm 35 years old. Uh, there's gray in my beard. It's wisdom, no, just for men. And I will say one thing that salespeople, real salespeople that are actually successful, they uh, appreciate and respect more if you're honest with them. Because let's be honest, man, nobody cares more about their money than they do at the end of the day, right? Like I can show up in my nice fucking convertible supercar and Go do this. Oh, king in the castle. Do this, do that, do this. At the end of the day, like, you know, they have problems at home that they leave their baggage at the door. They still have these problems. They got to pick them up on the way out. But when when they go home, you know, Tino's not worried about them because I shouldn't be, right? And, right. and, and, and unless they tell me, hey, Tino, like, obviously I'm their friend, you know, before anything. But, but at the end of the day, no one's going to care more about you than you. And that's a hard thing that a lot of people don't understand when they're like they're expecting somebody to to not give them something but to <clears throat> be the voice of reason for them all the time when inside they have these thoughts and 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 voices that are telling them man I should say this or I should do this or you know I don't know how to go about this most of this stuff is communication the the hardest part about finding these people is the communication part everyone wants to walk around you know so scared on on eggshell excuse me eggshells and put on the facade that it's all rainbows and butterflies, but let's be honest, man. We're not, this isn't FEMA, right? We're not in the business to just completely have a good time and make no profit. We're a for-profit organization. So that's what we have to, to run it like. So right. if I tell somebody, Hey dude, this is how we're going to do this. If you don't like it, then, you know, get the fuck out. If they decide to get the fuck out, then, Hey, I'd rather that happen now than to right. constantly be button heads with you and then becoming toxic with my other people. You know what I mean? And that that's that's the hardest part, man, because as soon as you have toxicity in your organization, it's literally that, man. It's like fucking coronavirus. It just starts spreading everywhere. So you got to fucking cut that shit out real quick and just put it to the side and just say, hey, look, this is what's going on. If, if you're going to ride with it and I promise you it's going to work out in your favor. But if you don't want to ride with it, hey, let's part ways as friends. And nine times out of ten, they just... At first, they might be like uh, a little hesitant and they go with it and be like, oh, shit, this isn't too bad. Then it becomes a normal. Then it be- I remember the culture shock of, hey, you have to make 50 calls a day. Holy fuck. People's hair blew back. But once once you're making 50 calls a day, then it's like, hey, dude, just do another five calls. Like what could happen? 
you might fuck around and make a deal. And you're like, oh shit, okay, fuck. I, yeah, you're right. Let's fuck it. Make five more calls, and who knows? One of those times you're gonna make a deal. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, that's that's the hardest part. It's just finding people that are gonna stick, are gonna stick with you. You know what I mean? That are gonna stick and and trust that this guy is not gonna steer me in the wrong direction. And that's why you guys have such a big team because they they trust not only in themselves but they trust in you guys. They trust mm-hmm. in your and your, you know, business acumen, your personality, who you are as a person, as a husband, as a father, as a brother, as a son, they trust in you. And that's something that can't be taught, man. You can teach, you know, you can teach mathematics, you can teach computers, but you can't teach people, you can't teach personality. And that's why people are led by people who they want to be like. And that, it's a beautiful thing, man. It really is. Right. No, well, it's true. I want to jump in and ask a quick question. Um, just to take it back a little bit, a lot of people that might have just jumped in, whether mm-hmm. it's you know past the beginning of this or just now, um, we're talking about real estate. We're talking about a real estate investment company um, that Tino's a big part of. All the experience that he's had with incoming leads and converting leads into into acquiring deals, right? In wholesaling, we're essentially buying and selling real estate, or we're uh, intending to buy the real estate and assigning the contract over to investors, right? And right. Tino has a tremendous amount of experience with it and training others and just a lot of a lot of success on his end of it. So what I did want to jump in and ask Tino is you have a lot of success in the carb sales business, a lot of success in real estate and the education side of the real estate business. Um, you're in cryptocurrency, which I want to get to and I want to talk about that as well. But what is it about you? that makes you understand people and understand what a true prospect or lead is and what gives you the ability to convert that because you know there there's there's scripts there's trainings there's companies that do well maybe some not as great as others but for some reason you know exactly what a true prospect is and you know exactly how to convert that where do you get that where do you attribute that to I think it's from tons and tons of uh, experience and sales of getting my teeth kicked in. I guess what you have to say is, I mean, there's a, a certain certain amount of questions you need to ask, right? When identifying whether it's just a data or just somebody who wanted to say yes to the VA, the cold caller, just to get them off the line, or if it's an actual deal. And I'm really good at smelling a deal. That's what Carlos says. You're really good at sniffing out a deal. Doesn't matter what what sector it is. You're good at sniffing a deal. And the way I do it is. I ask a couple questions. Are you interested in getting cash offer? Who are the decision makers that would need to be involved in making this decision? Right? So it's like, are you, it's like a, it's a fucking diagram, right? Are you interested? Yes. Go here. Who are the people that are interest that are involved in making this decision? Because this is a big decision. It's buying a house, then buying a car. There's some of the biggest decisions you'll ever make in your life. Then the next question is, <clears throat> if we came to an agreement, how soon would you be willing to move on that decision? Okay, so now it's yes or no, who, how fast, like how soon? And then it's, what would you be looking for? So it's like, what, how much? And then it's like, what would you do after? <clears throat> so if somebody can't give me straight answers to that, then I know like there's some uncertainty. Then at that point, it's, I have to 
talk to them or get them to talk to me to let me know what it is exactly that would be stopping them. Is it the time? And, and then the timing is like, okay, why is it the, not the time? Oh, because my kids are in school. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. So then it's like, <clears throat> oh, well, I can't. No, I don't know. I'm going to think about it. What are you going to think about? About entertaining, a ca about receiving a cash offer? When somebody, I call somebody and they're like, oh, I just want to think about it. I haven't even given you a number to think about, Mr. Johnson. With all due respect, wouldn't you want something to kind of chew on after we get off the phone call so that, you know, you can kind of kick it around with the wife around the dinner table and see if it's something that maybe you'd entertain at a later date? And then at that point, it's like, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm, just, I'm only going to take like 10, 15 minutes of your time. Fair enough? Yes. Okay. So then I move forward. So it's just asking those qualifying questions off the bat. Even though the VA asked a few questions, it's different when you're talking to me. You know what I mean? And I, I'm going to kind of go over all the questions that they asked already and add a little bit to it. Like those questions. When, who, where, why, how? Like those are the main questions. Then if I know that one of those is off, I'm going to attack that. I'm going to ask more qualifying questions for that. And if for some reason they don't want to open up to me, then I say, hey, we're always here and I'm always looking. Okay. Is it okay if I give you a call in two to four weeks? I understand you said no today, but life happens and, you know, circumstances change all the time. And maybe what I was, was able to offer you today might double in that time frame. So is that fair? They usually, no one's going to be like, no, no, I don't want double. Don't call me back. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's just identifying that straight off the rip and knowing like, if somebody says, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to do this in probably the next six to eight months. Well, typically there's something behind that. Why six to eight months? Like, hey, if you don't mind me asking, what's the kind of the main reason why you, you would want to wait so long? Like, let's say I got all the stars to line and I put too much money in your pocket. Surely this is something that you could do sooner than six months, right, Mr. Johnson? No one's going to be like, no, don't put too much money in my pocket. It's these simple little word tracks that people don't use mm -hmm. that kill them. Like, it's these simple things that, that you know, you can teach and then they just take time and practice and repetition to be able to say that people are going to, you know, say, hey, you know what, this guy, he makes sense. Because all I'm doing is just leading them down the path. I'm not telling them you're going to do this, you need to do that. I'm just constantly, you know, and this is a very dangerous thing because if you use this for personal gain or whether it's in a, in a relationship or anything like that, but you just kind of lead people down a path. And ultimately, you know, motivation is getting somebody to do something that you want them to do all while thinking that it's their idea and, and they want to do it. So that, that's how I'm able to sniff out a deal real fast. It's just asking those quick questions. Sure, within the first 15, 20 seconds, I'm asking these questions. If, if there's like some uncertainty there, I attack it. If they're still like, hey, you know what? I'm just not interested. Blah, blah, blah. It's, hey, it's fine. Then I just move on. Because I think I'm not gonna... <clears throat> Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think one of the key things you said there, um, I think is one of the key things from day one as a salesperson all the way until becoming a great salesperson. Like you said throughout your career, you've gotten to where you've gotten by getting your teeth kicked in, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just repetition and high volume of calls or prospects mm -hmm. or whatever the case may yep. be, practice over and over and over and just sharpening your knife every you, single you don't, your, your job doesn't start till they say no. I mean, that's, that's, 
anyone's a product specialist. I can tell you all the features and benefits. Ooh, this is why you should sell. This is why you should come with Cash Geeks. This is why, you know what I mean? I can, I can do all this stuff for you. But at the end of the day, if they say no, most salespeople are just like, okay, Mr. Johnson, uh, well, enjoy the rest of your day. If anything changes and then click, the, hello? They already <laughs> hung up on you. You know what I mean? But when somebody says no, if I've already eliminated all the objections up front, no one's going to say no, first of all. I won't be on the phone with them more than 10 minutes. And But if, if I get to that point where they're like <clears throat> still uncertain and they're like, no, okay, well, shit, it's time to fucking roll off the roll up the sleeves and let's go, man. This is my Super Bowl. Like this is fucking, this is it. You know what I mean? And, and that's what, what it takes. A lot of salespeople are scared of rejection. I live <laughs> in that, man. I, I thrive in rejection. Please, like, tell me I can't do something. Please, like, I, 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 I feed off that shit. You know what I mean? And that's what a good salesperson takes. Because you're going to see a lot of no's. Just like I said earlier, you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you get a prince, man. And if you don't kiss, you don't go into every frog thinking you're going to French kiss the shit out of them and eat beignets after then you're probably not going to get, you're not going to get the princess, you know, at the end or the prince or whatever your preferences. It's just, it's just part of the game, man. And a lot of people quit too early or they let the call before them affect the next call. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and those are completely two separate people. You know, one of them might be in the South, had a great day. And the other one might be in New Jersey, in the city, in the metropolitan area, had a bad day, traffic, fucking kids crying. They don't want to eat Taco Bell. They want McDonald's, you know? And, and, and there's all these different things, but you can't, you can't consistently move that energy from one call to another. And there's right. all these little things that you got to teach salespeople up front what to expect, because when a salesperson gets, they get in a rut and they go through it, they go through it, man. And, and if you start having a self-doubt, it's like, hey, am I really cut out for this, man? Like, you know what I mean? And it's okay not to be cut out for it. It's okay. But if, if it's just in here and you truly do right. have the talent, then that's something you gotta, you know, you gotta face early on. Hundred percent. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. One, one other thing. I don't mean to. I don't know if you had something to say, but one thing I wanted to jump on is all of this is super important. Perhaps the most important part of our process. But I like to tell people that ask me because a lot of people ask us a lot of questions, and they know we're performers or whatever the case may be. Right. I think that every single part of the wholesale process is mega important. I do think the 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 um, the targeting is important. The lead generation, the marketing, the acquisitions, selling the deal after you get the right. deal with dispositions. And I think like one thing G mentioned, this is probably six to 10 months ago. It was like, shit, you know what? When we hire everyone on our team needs to be sharks, like not just the salespeople. Transactions needs to be sharks. Dispo needs to be sharks. Like everyone here needs to be a shark. Our admin, yeah. our admins need to be sharks. <laughs> That's fucking so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it just kind of opens your eyes and, and you start to realize like everything is important. And you said it yeah. earlier, Tina, you said people want to know what's the best list to get. When they say that, I'm like, listen, man, it's just it's not about the list. The lists are important, right? You, you need to target motivation, mm -hmm. but everything is important. The VAs, right. the list, the acquisitions, the dispo. So I think all of that's important, which kind of is a segue to like you guys have great training events that you put on mm -hmm. a couple times a year and a couple of different facets and you have one upcoming i think if you want to hit on that it's sure. probably the best time <clears throat> so you know you're you're right in speaking of that so like a lot a lot of people ask like the most mundane basic question what's the best list of points like oh is it 
is it high equity vacancy like it's i mean that's that's all you know trivial when it comes down to the people and you're right having that's a great strategy having sharks in every department that means that engine's running on high high rev 24 7 and that's that's where the magic happens now mm -hmm. as far as uh, our next event we're going to be actually having momentum where's actually where i met you guys uh, oh, yeah, a few yeah. years ago and what that event is, it teaches people to go from, you know, hustle, hustlepreneurs or one man shows, you know, when they're grinding every month, month in and month out, you know, everyone wants, they have their own LLC and they're like, Hey, I'm a wholesaler now. And they go out there and they start prospecting and driving for dollars and cold calling and all this stuff. Like that's fine and dandy, but that's not scalable. Let's be honest. How many deals can one person truly do? Like if I had to do my deals from start to finish, no way in fucking hell would I be able to do 33 in a month. I don't only be able to do like four or five max by myself, maybe six or seven if, if I, you know, drink a couple of bangs a day. But realistically speaking, you only have a, a, a certain amount of bandwidth personally yeah. that you can tend to effectively, right? Effectively. Now, the more deals you're going to do, you're just going to say, ah, fuck it. All right. I'm not going to go back and forth with you. Let's just close it. And your deals that normally you would have grinded out an extra 5, 10, 15K on, you're just going to say, fuck it and just cut the losses and keep going. But nobody wants to count them. You want to count them and weigh them. So what we teach at Momentum is how to systemize everything automate everything, how to train so that you can delegate and compartmentalize everything so that you can be an actual entrepreneur, uh, not just an entrepreneur who's a one man show, but an actual CEO like you guys, like you guys can take some time off and stuff's still going to run, right? Stuff's still going to run. Like right. it's still going to happen. It might not be to the hundred percent capacity and as a perfect world, we'd like it to be, but it's still going to run pretty damn smooth. And a lot of people don't get that, that, you know, you can only scale so much. So that's how you break into that six to seven figure uh, a month income level is by hiring, training, delegating, and being able to do that. And that's what we're going to be having November 12th and 13th. It's virtual and it's 11th, 12th and 13th. If you come VIP, only 30 people can come. You're going to come to the office and you're going to witness everything we have in this beautiful machine we call a company, a real estate investment company, as well as do private lunches, private dinners with me and the guys and just kind of like bounce ideas off and mastermind all the time. It's really a good time. And the networking is, is, I mean, there's people that are paying money to be there just like you. So it, it's just high level individuals that, you know, people thrive, man, people thrive on being around go getters. So yeah, November, uh, 11, 12, 13th of your VIP and November 12th and 13th and it's attendmomentum.com. So any, actually anyone who wants to go, if you DM me right now, I'll give you a thousand dollars off of, uh, after this show or whatever, I'll give you a thousand dollars off of a three thousand dollar tickets, and uh, mm, I'll give do I you. I get that too. <laughs> yeah, you, you, come on, you guys are invited. You already know that, but but yeah. So like, um, it, it's it truly is a good good event. Most of your gurus have came through that event. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. It's true. We were there when when all the gurus were taking notes, and then and, and then, then you start to slowly see them pop that. up. You yeah, start yeah, see yeah. Them pop up. Yep, yeah, yep. that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we were doing six-figure months when we first went. Shortly thereafter, we did our first six-figure month. Is that true? Do you recall? Um, because this is the end of 2018, unless it's right oh, around yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, shortly thereafter, we did our. I first remember watching you guys. Uh, I, I, I don't know what your operation looked like before, but I remember you guys. I think you guys moved into a new office. And then you guys got 
fucking four monitors up. It looked like it was like a the, each individual had four monitors up. I remember telling my brother, holy shit, man, these guys are like set the fuck up for success. Like they they're they're either gonna go really high really fast. Or they're gonna fuck this up. Like I remember, I remember, <laughs> no plan, like, no plan B, baby, no just, plan yep, B. Burn the boats, and that, I remember telling my brother that I'm like, holy shit, man, they're they're going all in. No pun intended. Like, fuck, dude, that that shit's not cheap. And you know what that means? They believe in themselves, and they believe in the people that they're hiring and their ability to train and lead them. And they're either gonna go up really fast, or it's gonna fucking sink really fast. And I mean, look at you guys. You guys are fucking killing it. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Yeah, hats off to you guys for helping us out early on because a lot came from you guys and we truly appreciate it. And uh, also hats off goes to the team because we do have a lot of killers on the team, some of which are here now. So we appreciate all you guys that are here helping us with the show. Awesome. Um, other than that, man, yeah, we have some shark dedicated all in people on the team that we give pretty much most of the credit to. Um, that's That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, you know what? I hate to say this, but you don't hear that enough, man. You don't hear that enough, man. It's always just the guy who's in front of the fucking camera. I'm just being honest. It's always the guy who's just in front of the camera. But you know, it's without without the team, without the guys who are doing the shit that you don't have time to do, or you know, you just you kind of you got bigger decisions to make. You would be nowhere. Like these right, these exactly. guys, team members are really truly the backbone to everything, and. Uh, you know, I, I'm always like grateful to have like such a, an environment of people that are all trying to, to that have the same like kind of uh, values and, and vision that I do. Um, you know, it, it's kind of the same thing that I have in you know, like the guys that that work with me are they all have the same kind of tenacity, and they're uh, they're all from different parts of the world. So like I'm kind of the guy in front of the camera 24 seven because I speak English and all that good stuff and no NLP. <laughs> but but uh, you know uh, it's that's without without team without community like there's nothing. So. Hey, really quick before because we have about you know six or seven minutes left and oh we didn't really God. touch on the crypto. <laughs> But can yeah. you give us a quick one, two, or three minutes of information Absolutely. on what you know is? Because we've touched on it twice. We've said the word. I don't think anyone really knows what the hell we're talking about. Right. Dude, this turned into like a sales fest. So let me just tell you real quick. You know, uh, I've been in crypto since 2014. <laughs> well, I was a finance manager at the time for Berkshire Hathaway. And everyone was telling me, oh, you're stupid, you know, for investing in crypto. Where do the coins, do they ship the coins to you? Like, what is it? Are they made out of gold, are they silver, precious metals? And I bought a bunch of Bitcoin. It was like four hundred something dollars. Hey, real uh, quick, can you get an actual coin or you never? can, and then they can put a private key on it. But it's just a novelty. It's not real. It's not something you can touch, see, or smell. Uh, it's it's kind of like the Bible. But anyway, so so uh, I, I bought Bitcoin, and then I went to an altcoin called Verge. Shout out to Verge. They opened to my, my eyes into what a true online community could be, and uh, I'm nonetheless made a bunch of money with a bunch of friends from around the world and we decided to pull that money out and we did and it was like fuck what do we do now and we we had suggestions to those other projects of what we thought could help those coins and they were kind of went unheard or you know there was no action behind it so what we do we decided to all dump our money together and time and efforts and blood sweat and tears and and put you know coin together and uh, Uno was born in on June 28, 2018, on my brother's birthday. And since then, um, we've done a lot of things. Uh, it started during the bear market, so it was pretty pretty brutal. 
And mm -hmm. I knew we had to plan that. Hey, crypto is just like a uh, speculative. It's just a baseball card. It's a comic book. It's not real unless everyone can use it on a day-to-day -day basis. So what I wanted to create my vision for, you know, was to create something that even my grandma could pick up and use like Apple pay, right? Like tap to pay. So something like this, where they tap their phone, they can pay for groceries, their rent, buy a big screen TV, pump gas, all that shit. So what we did is we, I knew that if I can get in front of the right people, uh, you know, I, I have a silver tongue. I'd be able to close them logically on, you know, and, you know, pay. Well, long story short, uh, this guy, I don't know if you heard of him. His name is Akon. He's a, a Grammy nominated, uh, Grammy award winning uh, rapper turned philanthropist. He raised $6 billion and was given land in Senegal to create his futuristic city uh, that would only accept a coin, which is his coin that he created. Mm. So in order to do that, he needed a gateway a gateway that would provide uh, crypto to fiat, which is normal currency, uh, US dollars, yen, pesos, uh, you know, an on-ramp to tr do those transfers. Well, he found a company that would provide that for him after long back and forth and, and you know, um, onboarding and all types of background checks, they made a deal. So now he's building this $6 billion, you know, little town and city, it's self-sustainable. It has its own um, hospital already. And I was able to get in front of them. And after a couple of times, I was able to lock in a deal with them for three years. Uh, so what that means for us is that anywhere people have NFC capabilities, which is everywhere in, in their grandma's, you know, grocery store, can tap their phone and spend Unicoin and the, um, the actual local merchant will get fiat, whether it's US dollars, euros, Japanese yen, all that good stuff. So until now, it's been, if you want to accept crypto, you have to have an iPad set up by the register with your address, and then they have to send it, scan a QR code, send it to you when they're trying to buy a cup of coffee, and then they have to wait two minutes for the transaction, then two minutes again for two, two confirmations and say, okay, yeah, you're good. So by then, dude, it's like, it's not even, who, who in their right mind wants to go to every single vendor, or small business owner, uh, and say, hey, do you want to accept my coin? Do you want to accept? These are countless meetings. We don't have the bandwidth again. So what do you do? You go straight to the source. So what I was able to do is in this partnership, uh, furnish and garner these, these, these results that when I go to pay for something, let's say I go to your business and I want to buy your computers in the back and you have your POS system. Uh, you say 500 bucks. Okay, 500 bucks. Boom. Beep. I pay. You get 500 US dollars and it takes my UNO which is, you know, about, let's say 500, a, a thousand, you know, you get it 500 bucks. You don't even know that I paid and you know, you see what I'm saying? Right, so it's right. that simple. And that's something that's like revolutionary and uh, <laughs> hasn't been done before. And thank God I was able to get in front of the right people. And uh, with a lot of ups and downs, it's been a nightmare, but let me tell you, we got it going in the right direction and get, here's another huge thing. We're going to be even more readily available than ever for uh, to lower our barrier of entry. So we are going to be listed on Coinbase in no time. Like we're accepted mm. already. It's just a matter of time at this point, right? Oh, and that's I've, awesome. I've been in contact with them. So anyone could just open the Coinbase app because that's the hardest part. A lot of people are like, hey, Tino, I want to support your 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 coin, but I don't know how to get it. So right, right now you can go to stex.com, bitcoin.com, uh, hitbtc.com. We're on those exchanges, but we're on queue to be listed on Coinbase uh, sooner than later, so. Nice. That's Dude, amazing, that's awesome, man. man. That's Love crazy, it. man, that you're like in that whole world. I know. Dude, I've been I've been dancing world. in this world for years and then now it's popular and everything. And I started getting all these people. Hey, I'll pay you 10 grand 
to mentor me. Like some of your real estate gurus are like, I'll pay you 10 grand to mentor me on crypto. And I'm like, dude, I just don't have the time or kind of the passion to that. So go to look at this. Like I'm right. just by you 24 know. seven. Yeah. Just, just, just by you, you can know. thank me later. Right. Yeah. Thank me later. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Hell yeah, man. So, um, how can people find out? I think some people were asking, but how can people find out again about the, so, um, so go to, go to, you know.co, you know, co. Um, go to that website and everything's on there. I also on my Instagram right now, uh, my Instagram is shark Tino. If you go to my Instagram on my story, as well as in my, uh, in my profile grid there, there's a bunch of information on, you know, we just released a one pager that has every quick fact that you need to know. You can also uh, get passive income by holding, you know, uh, because you're supporting the network. So you get rewards uh, as you hold, you know. Oh, that's awesome, man. Hell yeah, dude. Well, thank you so much for doing this, man. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, I think everybody got a couple nuggets, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And Likewise. anytime, anytime um, I ask you some questions, I always take away massive nuggets, man. So I appreciate it. And um, thank you guys so much for having me on, man. I know I, I'm a blabbermouth and I talk forever. That's true. But really quick, um, <laughs> how do they find out about more about momentum as well? More about momentum. Go to www.attendmomentum.com. Also, if you want that thousand dollars off on that VIP ticket, uh, like I said, there's only going to be 30. I think we only have seven seats left for that. And it's November uh, 11, 12, and 13 for that. If you want that thousand bucks off, DM me and say, hey, I saw you on Cash Geeks. I'm interested and I can hop on a call, a quick 10 minute, 15 minute call for you. Make sure that we're a good fit for you. Right. I'd hate to take your money and it's not something that's going to just, you know, we don't want that to happen. Oh, so true. And they might not be ready for it also. They might yep. be more and if you're not ready, I'm not going to definitely point you in the wrong direction. So that's true. Right. That's true. Hey, Tino, hold on for a second. We're going to wrap this up and then we'll mm -hmm. talk to you a little bit after. But gee, sure. you got anything else or we're good? No, man. Um, Thank you guys. Other than next week. Um, we're going to be having Brent Daniels on, Ooh, um, and, and, um, we're actually not going to be doing it at 9 PM Eastern. Like we usually do, um, just so seven. that we can, huh? It's going to be 7 PM, 7 PM. Yeah. I just finished talking to his people. It was seven. I told, I told you the wrong time earlier. So I figured mm. you were about to spat off the wrong time. Okay. <laughs> 7 PM. All right, so, yeah, so at 9 p.m. Eastern next Instead Tuesday. 9 p.m. Eastern next Tuesday is going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern. But other than that, awesome. guys, I'm G. And I'm Dom. And this is the, the People's Network. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> Cheers, guys.